Welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Convos. This is part two, part dos, dos. of the conversation about diabetes. Mm-hmm. We actually recorded this the day after we recorded the first one, just mm. so it's fresh in our memories. Yeah. Um, we might release it a week apart, but this is being recorded in consecutive days. Mm-hmm. So what did we talk about on the first episode? Um, this two-part series mm-hmm. is about our experience, your experience with diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. So part one, um, I think we just kind of tried to break down our under- whoops. our understanding of what diabetes is. Um, tried to get like a little bit scientific, a little bit technical, um, but not like super deep because number one, I don't want to put anybody to sleep and like glaze over everybody's eyeballs. Right. Um, but we're also obviously not medical professionals. So mm-hmm. just kind of trying to stick with the basics of this is what it is. Throw in a couple of details that, um, you know, we understand and yeah. um, just try to break it down so that um, people are kind of, we got a little educational. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we did pretty good for what it was. I think, um, if you want to know, if you, if you don't have a full understanding of what diabetes is, I feel like we did an okay job at actually explaining, walking you through how it kind of functions and how it works. And hopefully, and the reason why we wanted to do it in different parts is because we didn't want to glaze over that Mm -hmm. and then start talking about your experience without not having this base knowledge of right how we see it and how most people see it right um yeah i think it's just a good it kind of helps explain or i think i think if you can understand basics of the disease mm-hmm. then i think it kind of makes a little more sense of it just it just helps paint a bigger picture of what's going on right so just so for this episode we could do a small recap mm-hmm. of what we explained on the first episode. Diabetes is an issue with your pancreas Mm -hmm. because um, for some reason, the body is not able to manage its glucose levels in the bloodstream. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you want to listen back onto the first episode, we give a little bit more of a detailed explanation of how that works. Yeah. But Amanda is diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Yes. There's two two different yep. types. Two types. And um, type 1 diabetes is when your pancreas uh, cannot produce insulin at all. Correct. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. A little bit different from type 2. Mm-hmm. Type 1 is a little more rare than type 2. Yeah. So for this episode, we want to just talk about her experience when it comes to type 1 diabetes. Yeah. Story time. Story time, yeah. So let's talk about before the diagnosis. Okay. Because there's different symptoms that come about when all of a sudden your body has been, you've been, you, this happened when you were 20? 20, yeah. Um, so for 20 years, this hasn't been an issue, mm-hmm. which is even more rare. Yeah. Because usually type 1 diabetes gets diagnosed at an early, early age. Yeah. Yours is late onset. Yep. Um, so for 20 years, everything was fine. And then something's yeah. triggered in your body where, um, the functions of that sugar management gets messed up. Mm-hmm. So can you explain a little bit of how you started noticing the sim- symptoms and what they are? Yeah. So, um, honestly, I didn't notice 
anything that I really thought was out of the ordinary, mm -hmm. um, which I feel like is pretty common for a lot of people because it's so easy to justify like, oh, I'm just thirsty for some reason. Like I must be mm -hmm. eating. I must have had something with like a lot of salt or, oh, like my clothes are maybe not fitting quite right. They're getting a little loose or baggy, but, oh, I just haven't done laundry. So I've worn this pair of jeans like, you know, however many times. So they're just probably stretched out. So I just need to like do my laundry. <laughs> like okay. it's just, it's easy to kind of justify or push away or find like another reason yep. because in general, I thought I felt fine. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until afterwards where things kind of started to make sense of, oh, maybe I shouldn't always be this tired or okay. maybe I shouldn't be like drinking a bottle of water, you know, every half hour or something. Like, yeah. Why am I so thirsty or why, why are my clothes like fitting loose? Like maybe I'm actually losing weight for some weird reason. Yeah. So can um, you back up a little bit and explain... Mm -hmm. So there are certain symptoms that indicate that something's wrong with yeah. the management level of the glucose. Yeah. So, you know, the most common symptoms um, when you have chronic hyperglycemia or high blood sugar is, um, you know, increased thirst, like you're constantly thirsty. Mm -hmm. um, you're urinating a lot. Okay. Um, because you're drinking a lot? Partially, yeah. Okay. It's uh, the increase in urination. It's, it's another way of your body trying to get rid of the blood sugar oh, in your okay. system. So yeah. your kidneys start working in overdrive um, because it's like trying to just filter and it's trying to get that sugar out of your system. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of both because right. you're drinking a lot of water. <laughs> right. And so it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and yeah, you do, if, if it's for a long enough period of time, you do have unexplained weight loss. Um, and that tends to happen um, essentially because, like we talked about in the last episode, your body wants to use glucose as its energy source. Mm -hmm. um, but if it can't get to it, it doesn't. it's not having access to the glucose you're consuming. Right. Um, because... Um, because the insulin, in my case, wasn't available. Right. I, was, I stopped producing it. Right. And insulin is the key to have your bloodstream release sugar into your body for the glucose to move from your bloodstream into your cells okay yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah. insulin fa facilitates that process right so you're always thirsty because why like your body's i mean you have a substance in your bloodstream that isn't supposed to be there so your body's trying to like flush it, flush out. it out okay so it's telling your brain like hey like we need water because we're trying to like get rid of this or we're trying to dilute um the levels the bloodstream to like maybe try to balance it out mm -hmm. so you start to crave water um and then you like i said you start to lose weight um because it wants to utilize glucose as your energy source but your body doesn't have access to it um so you, you know your body's really smart your body's like okay well if i don't have the thing that i want mm -hmm. i'm gonna find out a diff a look for a different way to get it um, so eventually your body will start to break down, um, muscle and fat. Okay. Um, because, you know, you are able to utilize like protein and fat as an energy source. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you don't have glucose available, uh, you're going to go to proteins and fats and start breaking down your own body tissue mm -hmm. as energy to burn. So you started losing a lot of weight. Yeah. And yeah. you're, you're a pretty small 
yeah, I'm small already to begin with. a smaller individual. Um, so, you know, I only lost 10 pounds, but for me, 10 pounds is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was kind of funny, like I wasn't the one and even my family wasn't the one that really realized something was wrong. Mm-hmm. It was... Because um, they see you every day, probably. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, like, well, she's always small or, you know, whatever. I was also consuming <laughs> a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Like, I was constantly starving. Mm. And it's funny because uh, all of this was happening. You know, you were living in Florida at the time, but you were home for a break. You were, like, between degrees at the time, like, between your associates and bachelors. So you were actually home yeah. for that month that this was going on. And... Like, I was out eating you. Right. And, like, your your family. Like, I was out eating everybody, but I was constantly starving. Yeah. Um, so, like, we would, you know, if we went to go get Chinese food or whatever, like... Yeah. My favorite. I would, <laughs> yeah. Like, I would finish my whole container, and you would have, like, a few bites left. And I would be like, can I eat that? Yeah. I know. That was, like, that was such an <laughs> odd time in that we were in a long-distance relationship. Really, we've only been official for Mm -hmm. a few months like five or six months at this point and it's kind of crazy timing that i was there for the actual moment when you got diagnosed yeah that was weird how that worked right but prior to that prior to actually going to the doctor and finding out that um something was wrong it was like we were spending time with each other because Mm -hmm. we were doing long distance so we were just trying to spend as much time with each other. Yeah. And it was like nonstop eating because... <laughs> you probably thought I was insane. <laughs> well, I mean, you are t- you were tiny and you were just like... I was like, this girl can put it down. <laughs> and I was. She was hungry all the I time. I was constantly starving. So we would like eat a whole meal, like yeah. container of Chinese food. And literally 30 minutes later, I would, I would be starving. Yeah. I'd be like... You know, we drank a lot of like orange, orange juice. mango juice, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of that, like huge glasses of that. And then it was just every 30 minutes to every hour. It's like, I need something else. Like, I'm so right. hungry. Or like, I remember having being over for meals with your family and it was your mom's fried catfish, which is so good. But I remember like everybody was done uh-huh. and getting up and you know, cleaning up and everything. And yeah. I was still sitting at the table, like trying to sneak like pieces because yeah. I just couldn't satisfy my hunger. Right. But it was, you your know, body, it was because my body was breaking itself down. Right. And your body was trying to get some kind of glucose or some source of energy. Yeah. But your sugar was stuck in your bloodstream because right. insulin wasn't producing to right. let it in. Right. So at that point, my body was breaking itself down. Like I was breaking down stored fats. I was breaking down muscle. Yeah. And so I was just constantly starving because my body just couldn't get what it needed. Right. And, and, And that's, you know, the symptom of having to feel like hungry is because your brain is telling you you need food to do that. Yeah. But you don't have the mechanisms inside to complete the process of the energy distribution. And... Unfortunately, what happens is you're eating all this food, your blood sugar spikes, just continues to but then it's spike. stuck there. Yeah. And then like we said in the previous episode, when your glucose level is in an elevated state for a very long period of time, mm-hmm. that's when long-term damage starts right. getting happening. Yeah. So, um, so all of this was going on. Did that and... concern you at all? Like when you were eating all this food and 
I or didn't think about it. Were you just like, I'm just, I'm a... Right, it's like, I'm, I'm just a growing, I'm a growing <laughs> boy. Yeah, it was, it was like, you have those moments of like, wow, like, why can't I get full? But yeah. like, I just must be really hungry today. Yeah. Or like, you know, oh, maybe I worked a long shift at work. So like, yeah. I'm just extra hungry. Or, you know, there's just, you never really think something's wrong. You're just like... Right. Well, this is cool. Like, I just get to eat yeah. all the time. Like, she was just like thirsty all the time. Yeah. We would eat like a huge meal, and then I remember the caramel apple. Oh yeah. Like that we was had one a of my huge last meal. Good moments. <laughs> I was so full. This and is on Valentine's Day too. Yes. Like we went out to a nice dinner. Yeah. And then like we walked around, got a like a those huge caramel like the apples. Godiva oh yeah. Caramel apples with all you know, it's rolled in like all the candy or the extra yeah. chocolate or like you know like the good ones. Yeah, and I can eat a lot, not as much anymore, but I used to be able to eat a lot. Yeah. And I was done like for the night <laughs> i was done for the night we all went home we were hanging out at my parents yeah and all of a sudden she's like you want to have that caramel apple i'm yeah. like what yeah i wanted that this apple. girl's a savage <laughs> <laughs> those were the yeah. days but it's not good because no it wasn't good it, but it was like i enjoyed some good food luck- like i would never be able to like eat that volume Mm-hmm, anymore. now yeah because i would be so full yeah so it was but i'm gl- i'm glad it was a, a period of like blind bliss of like oh i guess i can just eat a lot now. yeah yeah but i mean i'm glad we caught it early because like we said it's just long-term damage is not good no um so so yeah. you noticed that you were eating a lot but still losing a ton of weight what was yeah. the moment where you go i should get this checked out um it was actually um a coworker of mine okay. who um it was actually a, a ma a mother of a coworker of mine she worked upstairs um and there'd been a period of time where i hadn't seen her you know opposite shifts or whatnot um and so i probably hadn't seen her in about a month or so and she came up to me the this next time that i'd seen her mm-hmm. super concerned about me she was like oh my gosh like have you been okay like i haven't seen you <laughs> and i'm like yeah like I'm fine. Like, she's like, I don't know, like something just doesn't look right with you. Like you haven't been sick or like you've like, what's been going on? I'm like, nothing. Like everything's that's fine. A bold, like I'm good. Like That's a bold, uh, it's kind of like, what's up with your face? <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, I don't know, honey, like something looks wrong. Like you wow. don't look okay. Like you look like you've been sick. Like I'm, I'm worried about you. And this was like, this is how she started the conversation. Right. And I was like, no, like, I'm pretty sure everything's fine. Like, I appreciate your concern, but, mm-hmm. like, I've been fine. I think I feel fine. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm good. And That's another would... thing, too, is, like, and and later on, once we kind of tell you, once you got diagnosed, her your blood sugar levels were so high, mm-hmm. but you don't notice it. Yeah. Because it was your normal for a little while. Right. It was your normal to just eat all this food and right. not gain any weight and lose weight, yeah. be thirsty all the time, that you don't even realize. It's not like you're testing your no, glucose like I levels. I had no idea. Um, and the last time I had been to the doctor, you know, we were good about my parents would take us. You would get your yearly physical and all mm-hmm. of that kind of stuff. So like eight or 10 months previously over the summer when I went in for my physical, I had my lab work done. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. So I had no reason to suspect anything was wrong. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had the conversation with her 
And, you know, she just kind of left it as like, I don't know, like I'm worried about you. Like, I just have a feeling something's wrong. Mm. And, you know, I was, like I said, I was 20 at the time. So I was just kind of like, I don't know what to make of that. Like, that was so weird. Like, mm. but it, it was bothering me. Wow. And okay. I was just like, I mean, I don't know what to do. Like, maybe I've lost some weight. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. So when I got out of work that night, um, I went to your place. Yeah. We were going to hang out for the evening. And I was just kind of like, you know, out of curiosity, like I knew you guys had a scale in the basement. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, meh, let me just weigh myself and, you know, see if there's anything to this. And I stepped on the scale and I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I was only 108 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that was quite a bit lower than where I typically where my weight would normally um, maintain. And so I was like, okay, like, that's kind of weird. Like, I know I've been hungry lately and I've been eating more than usual. Like, how would I lose how is that possible? 10 yeah. or more pounds? Like, that doesn't make sense. Right. So at that point, of course, you get into the whole, like, Googling, like, let me, <laughs> oh, yeah. let me Google all this stuff and see what's potentially wrong. And, you know, I still wasn't, like, super concerned. I was like, huh, that's weird. But, yeah. you know, let's self-diagnose at this point yeah so i just start kind of googling and take a few days of like you know do i say anything to my mom because my mom's probably gonna freak out Mm -hmm. but um you know i was reading online some and i was like well maybe something's wrong with my thyroid Mm -hmm. um so i you know i told my mom like hey i've kind of lost some weight lately like i've been reading online like maybe i should go back to the doctor and you know maybe they can do some tests because maybe it's my thyroid i don't know yeah um and, you know, of course, being a mom, like, she freaks out. And she's like, we're absolutely going to the doctor. Yeah. Um, and you came with me to my appointment. We yeah, were- it was just like a normal day since I was in town. And I'm not in town for that long because I was still yeah. going to school or I was during a break or something. Yeah, it was um, during break. So it's like I wanted to spend as much time with you. So... And we again, we didn't think anything was Yeah, I thought really it was a normal, wrong. like, oh, you need to go to the yeah. Me being the naive boyfriend, just kind of like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, it's like, and I'll drop you off and wait for wait you in there? the wait. Yeah. yeah, you waited in the waiting room. Um, and then everything changed. Yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> I was just probably <laughs> like. moved very quickly at yeah. that point. Yeah, I was sitting in the waiting room and then, so Amanda's getting her checkup done. Yeah. I'm sitting in the waiting room and then it, it's like everything changed in yeah, that it moment. went from zero to 60 yeah um because you know of course you're in there and they're starting to ask you well what's what brought you in so mm-hmm. i'm just kind of describing how i've been feeling over the last month and immediately they like they knew so wow. they were like okay well we're gonna check your blood sugar those symptoms are just so clear-cut right for, it's obvious yeah. to anybody else but me yeah <laughs> um so they checked my blood sugar and the reaction of the nurse is where I was like, I started getting scared mm. because she didn't really say anything, but she was like, okay, we're going to check. We're going to do that one more time. Yeah. I'm like, she had to do a double you only, take. <laughs> you yeah. only do it one more time if something's wrong. Yeah. Um, so she did it again and she was like, all right, I'm going to go get the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> right. And, um, you know, when I was in the office, um, my blood sugar was 500. And to mm-hmm. me that, at that point in time meant nothing mm-hmm. and you know i start to justify because she's like yeah you know that's quite a bit higher than right. what we're normally what we want to see and so i'm like well i had a piece of french toast for breakfast right <laughs> like, right but no, you know like, i'm sorry but she was yeah. like no like yeah. you can have 
a whole cake and at this point in time it shouldn't it be wouldn't. anywhere near this high like right. that's that's not normal so when you went to that checkup your blood sugar level was 500 yeah it was, was over it, 500 it was over 500 yeah. and if you remember listening to the first episode uh were you fasting no no, you no we ate? had we had a breakfast but still still the normal level, even if you've eaten, yes, should be around the one below one thirty to one forty. Correct. Right. If your body is working properly, correct, it should be below that. You had your sugar was five hundred right. plus, so it was easily five times what it should be. Right. It it's almost like if your healthy weight, like if you feel like your healthy weight was one hundred forty pounds. Mm-hmm. Right, and you step on the scale, and all of a sudden you notice you're 500 pounds. <laughs> right, and you're like, "What the?" Like, you know, right. like, <laughs> "What happened?" Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that I mean, was that's a, that moment. I don't know basically. if that's a good analogy or not, but it's just like a. <laughs> but it's five times of where you should be in any absolutely any right. You know, it was just like scenario. way elevated. Yeah, like no way. There's no way to justify. Mm-hmm. That being a you you of ate this French being toast. okay, right? So it was. Um, everybody was <laughs> highly concerned. Yeah. Um, and they were like, "You need to go to the emergency room right now." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, like right now, right now." <laughs> right. <laughs> like I don't understand just, what's happening. It caught us off guard. I'm yeah. sure you, but like yeah. me, I'm just like I'm in the waiting room waiting for my girlfriend. Yeah. And then we'll probably like go out to eat, right? Because she's like, probably gonna be hungry again, <laughs> you know. And trying then like to figure out how to feed this girl. You come out of the the office and you go to the waiting room, and it's just like I need we need to go to the ER. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. what just happened? Yeah. And I don't think we realize the magnitude of it. Yeah, then, you you go into a little bit of shock on like, like. I was fine literally five minutes ago. Yeah, you were functioning fine. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we got in the car uh-huh. and had to call my mom. Yep. And um, we, they told me I could go home to pack a bag because they're like, you're going to be in the hospital. Like, you're not, it's not a, you go in and you immediately leave. Like, go home, mm-hmm. pack a bag, be prepared to stay overnight for a day to like whatever it takes. Um, yeah. And then immediately get to the emergency room yeah um so you know that's always a phone, fun phone call of hi mom i'm coming home but then we're going to the hospital <laughs> and oh, it was yeah. funny because it was like my 20 year old brain i was afraid of getting in trouble because i remember thinking like i did something wrong like oh, everybody's wow. gonna be mad at me yeah that's so funny <laughs> so it was like honestly at the time i think that was my biggest fear of like oh, shoot, like, I did something, I'm in trouble, like, I, I did something wrong, yeah. like, what? Right. You know, so that part of your, like, yeah. but how did still your, adolescent brain How is, did your parents respond? They, I don't really remember, honestly. Okay. I mean, I remember we picked up your mom to go to the hospital. Yep, yep, we picked up my mom. Um, she came with us. I don't remember who was driving. She was but. probably just just as caught off guard as we were right and i it think it was just kind of like what oh, okay i think everybody was they say you need to go to the er okay we gotta go a little bit so yeah. yeah we just you know we drove to the emergency room my dad was working um at the hospital where we had to go mm-hmm. so you know my mom's calling him on like hey we're on our way to the emergency room with amanda the doctor sent her there like something's wrong um 
So, like, he met us down there, and again, like, I was afraid he was going to be mad at me, but it was just kind of like a, all right, like, let's see what's going on. Yeah. Kind of thing, and, you know, I get checked out. They're doing a, you know, drawing a bunch of blood so they can do all these tests, mm-hmm. and your parents showed up. Well, I called <laughs> I called my my mom, and she was a doctor in the Philippines, and yeah. she's still a medical assistant, yeah. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now... And when I called her, it was really weird because I called her and let her know what happened. Mm-hmm. And immediately, just like the doctor's office, yeah. she knew what it was. Yeah. She was like, oh, she has diabetes. Yeah. Like, she was just like, oh, like shocked. Yeah. And she knew she has diabetes. Yeah. So they were like, all right, we're on our way. Yeah. So <laughs> and it, we, <laughs> we had this room just full of people. Yeah. I mean, we just dated six months. I don't yeah. even know if that was the first time my parents met your parents. I don't oh, remember. I don't it's really interesting That's a good to think question. about. It could have been. Yeah. I don't remember. But like So at that it point it was just surreal. Like nothing was processing for me. It was yeah. just I'm in the hospital. Mm-hmm. They suspect that I have diabetes, but in, I'm like how in the world? Mm-hmm. Like I don't fit any of the criteria for this. Like I don't understand. Yeah. But like I'm here and my parents are here. Now your parents are here and I apparently am in a patient Right. now in the hospital like i don't right i don't know what's right happening. because it wasn't like you were feeling anything yeah it was just there were symptoms yeah and and i'm i'm glad we caught it earlier because you would have been feeling something later on yeah. down the line yeah so i guess to kind of put in perspective like how bad it was mm-hmm. even though again had no idea and it felt like it came out of nowhere mm-hmm. there's a way to measure an average blood sugar over a three-month period of time. And it's called an A1C value. Mm -hmm. And so a normal A1C for a non-diabetic person is going to be typically like five-point-something, potentially in the fours. That's probably a little bit low. Like, I'm going off the top of my head. I haven't looked at this range in a while. And that's a scale based on whatever standard that they picked or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they've they've figured out how to, like, break it down into this... um, one number value just like the averages they put it on a one to like say 15 scale let me understand so the there is a test out there that measures the average blood glucose levels in your body within over a three-month period you can look i don't know all the specifics of it but they can look at and essentially measure and guess how much sugar Mm mm-hmm has been in contact with that red blood cell somehow. Mm. So they're able to measure approximately a three-month window. Three months is approximately 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, what your average blood sugars have been within that time frame by looking at the red blood cells that have been there, have been in your body, have been yeah. in contact with what's circulating. That's pretty incredible that science has a way to do that yeah it's like there's this memory of what your sugar was the last three months but just looking at your blood cell yeah it's pretty cool yeah okay so there's a certain range that you want to stay in just like yep. your daily yep. blood sugar levels <clears throat> yeah you should average mm-hmm. you know What's the it? the normal what and what is the normal a1c so the normal a1c is i believe it's in the five range like okay. we'll What's say like 5.1 5.2 i don't know what it tops out at mm-hmm um probably 15 to 20 okay 
um, because if your blood sugars are getting much higher than that, you're, you're probably not going to live very long. Yeah. So I don't know what like the highest A1C on record is, mm-hmm. potentially like 18, 19 towards that 20 range. But, okay. but five um, is average. We're going to say it's about five. Mm-hmm. My A1C was 13.2. Man. So, so the like, last three months. I was at the point to where if I had gone another couple weeks, another month, like I probably would have collapsed and like ended up in the ICU. Like there are a lot of like really bad things that could have happened right. had my diagnosis. That's where that long-term elevated state yeah. starts taking a toll. Right. Like you can't, you could, you could function and you might not even feel it, mm-hmm. but that's eventually it's going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to because it's right. just damaging something. Right. At a certain point, your body will not be able to maintain again like your body can't maintain Mm -hmm. that red line yeah and i was redlining and didn't know it right that was such an interesting time too because uh, as i said in in the on on other episodes this kind of period is around the time where you know you got diagnosed Mm -hmm. and then also you experienced having to take your first insulin shot yeah there were moments in even just in that week or two mm-hmm. when you were we were dealing with this brand new thing that you were going to have to live with for the rest of your life yeah there were certain moments that made me realize that said a lot about how i felt about you yeah you know like the the insulin thing mm-hmm. I, I was saying i was sharing in another episode that it it made me realize like i would do things for you that i wouldn't Mm-hmm. Oh. you know do for anybody else yeah. it's just like six months into it you were kind of i was kind of like yeah we're gonna do this <laughs> thing i'll share a story with you because it's kind of funny so six months into dating that's nothing right relatively speaking 19, that's 20 yeah it's nothing that's very early yeah we like, might as we well know just, nothing about life yeah we might as just well been flirting or something <laughs> right and all of a sudden i'm in the hospital with my parents your parents right mm-hmm. and then all, obviously like i'm in and out of there just making sure you're good because yeah. you had to stay overnight right i remember one time having to go to the cafeteria with your parents <laughs> oh yeah that was probably terrifying and it was it might have been the first time i've ever like ate with them probably been alone with them even yeah i just remember like i think your dad offered to pay Mm -hmm. and but like i didn't want to order something like too crazy so i was just like (laughs) give me that banana (laughs) i was just like give me the chicken strips or something like that and i'm sure your dad was like do you want fries or anything i'm like no i'm good (laughs) (laughs) just super careful because it's still like so tentative like you barely knew them because you were living in florida yeah they barely knew you like they've had minimal interaction because it's like oh we'll see him like a day and then four months later we might see him another day or two like yeah it's like what did they think of me like (laughs) this boy that my daughter who's just being diagnosed with this thing is dating is just hanging out with us right because it's not like how who how would they know that i would be the guy to marry yeah you know who knows i mean maybe this is when they knew maybe i don't know but i just remember like sitting with them right and eating my chicken strips or whatever Mm -hmm. and your dad has always has this kind smile Mm -hmm. where he just kind of like stares at you and kind of does like a little smirk yeah my dad's very quiet yeah he's yeah he's a quiet guy and he just 
we were sitting there like, oh, here we are, and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering what he thought about right. me at the time. I wonder if he was just like, this is a good guy. Right. Like, you didn't run away. You didn't just drop me off at the hospital and then leave. It's like, oh, like, I can't do this. Right. Which I feel like you would have been entitled to do. You know, we hadn't been together for years. There was no commitment. We of... weren't adults. Mm-hmm. So it, I lived in Florida. You could have just been like, this is getting crazy. Like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. But you stuck around. I did. You stuck around. Yeah, I stuck around. Eventually got married. Yeah. Who would have thought? Right. And crazy. so now it started this journey of you having to manage it from the first insulin injection yeah. to... I mean, if you fast forward to now, which is how many years now that you've been living with it? it, I either hit 11 years or it'll be 11 years this coming February. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be 11 this coming February. Yeah. Because I was almost 21. Yeah. Coming up on 11. Right. So 11 years, 10 years, 12 years, whatever. it, It was just like this constant learning experience for you. Would you say? Like, I mean. Oh, for sure. Even till today. There's still frustrations with mm-hmm. this disease. Yeah. It's not like after a couple of years, you've got it figured out. You've got it locked down. Right. It's this like elusive thing that keeps changing. Yeah. And it's so frustrating for me to watch. Yeah. Because there's nothing I could do about it. Right. I mean, we, we obviously work on stuff together. Mm-hmm. But like there's certain times where you're blood sugar levels are really well managed. Mm-hmm. So the thing with type 1 diabetes is you have to externally, your source of insulin is is from an external um, source, right. right? So based on what you're eating, you have to know the calculations of how many carbs, how much that will raise your blood sugar level. Yeah. And based on that number... There's specific calculations on figuring out how much insulin to give yourself. Right. So if you have a a good idea of how a certain food reacts to your body mm-hmm. and how your blood sugar level spikes, you understand. I knew she was going to do that. There comes Molly interrupting again. <laughs> Sometimes that's so frustrating. Child. Like I got to calm myself down because I'm a little annoyed. Can yeah. you tell? Yes, because you sat there in silence. The I'm a little time. annoyed because it's like I was trying to say something and now I, I lost it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. But this is real life. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you got to deal with with a dog. <laughs> oh. She saw another dog outside and lost it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So um, you understand the food that you're putting in, how it reacts. Mm-hmm. So you know, based on those calculations, how much insulin to Correct. give yourself. Sometimes, though, and this is where it's the the elusiveness of it. Yeah. You can have the same exact thing. Give the yourself, same exact meal. Yep. Same exact meal. And based off of history, you know how your body reacts to it. So you give yourself that amount of insulin. Mm-hmm. And it could be a crapshoot of it's either too much insulin mm-hmm. or too little. Yeah. It's, it's weird because they're... There's definitely standard calculations where you can figure out your insulin sensitivity and then um, so then you know how many carbs you're eating and how much insulin you should need to cover for that. But um, 
and you know the we can say the majority of the time it, that works yeah that that um that standard uh will be enough um to cover and keep you at an optimal level as far as your blood sugars but um yeah there's some days where you know the nature of the game is um if anything else is off with your body like your blood sugar levels can be affected by stress mm-hmm. um if you're getting sick and maybe your body's fighting off some you know it's flu season right now or yeah. colds um that can affect how much insulin your body requires or sometimes being female and mm-hmm. um hormone fluctuations throughout the month that can affect it like there's so many little nuances mm-hmm. that can change where your blood sugars are going to want to like hang out for a while or how much insulin you can require. And it can become really frustrating navigating that mm-hmm. um, because you feel like you're doing everything right. Yeah. But you're getting all the wrong results. <laughs> yeah. And that that's definitely, I would say, the, the most frustrating part is, you know, maybe for three weeks out of the month, you have it figured out and everything's going great. And then you'll hit a wall on where your body is just like, nope. We're, we've got listen. different ideas. Yeah. We're going to do things our way right like, now. Oh, you thought you were smart? <laughs> right. They're like going to pull the trump card of like, nope, I'm going to do this my way. Like, yeah. Like, you can't, like, I, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, that's, that's the hardest for me to watch is because you're the type who cares so much about it. Yeah. You don't want. I would love for you to speak on this, but from my perspective, you're not the type that you, you don't want diabetes to define who you are and what you do in your life. Definitely. And that you're almost like exemplify someone who is a type one diabetic, but doesn't really see herself as one. Yeah. Is that, I don't know if that makes sense to me, like, yeah. or it's the sense to you, but. You want to live as normal as possible. Definitely. And you want your levels, even though you have this issue, you want your levels to be as normal as me, as anybody else. Yeah. And any fluctuation from that, you take huge disappointment to. <laughs> and it's hard for me yeah. to watch because, like you said, three weeks of just perfect, right? Yeah. And then a week where it's completely jacked. Yeah. And... You're so frustrated with yourself. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, you were you were perfect for three <laughs> weeks. Like, what do you expect? It's yeah. not, you know, but I understand that when it's you, you don't want it to control your life. Right. And it's, you know, I've worked in healthcare for a very long time and I've seen, I've seen what diabetes can do to people in its most extreme cases. Mm. Um, And I've always told myself that'll never be me. Mm. Like just people who are non-compliant and and don't care about the long-term damage that they're causing to their bodies. Right. And I, I vividly remember, I don't remember if it was when I was initially hospitalized with everything or if it was like in the week or two that followed that. But I remember telling myself, That, like, I will never suffer, like, a consequence of this disease. Mm. Like, I will never find myself on dialysis. I will never, um, when your kidneys are no longer functioning properly. Okay. um, And you have to go to a center where they hook you up to a machine 
that does the function of your kidneys for you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and a lot of people who have uncontrolled diabetes end up on dialysis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told myself, you know, I'm, I will never, ever put myself through that. Like, I, I will never be a dialysis patient. Um, you know, I will never have, I will never have an amputation mm-hmm. because of diabetes. Like I'm going to keep all my fingers. I'm yeah. going to keep all my toes. That, that... Um, you know, I will never have vision issues because of this. Like there's just, there's that part of me that I'm like, hell no. Right. Um, and I get very stubborn and I get, I get worried because right. I, I've seen patients decline and I've seen patients go downhill because, you know, for, for whatever reason, for whatever is triggering in their brain, mm-hmm. they've said, they've had the opposite reaction that I've had for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, whatever's going on in their life. They're just yeah. like, I'm not going to care. Right. And that's terrifying for me. Yeah. And that's something that like, I don't understand. And so I've kind of swung at times the extreme opposite way. Sure. <laughs> Where you might be a little too hard on yourself, but yeah, it's almost... You know, I think you're finding a healthy balance and being yeah. positive with it and not beating yourself up when it is out of your control. Right. But you you are fighting the other side of it, which it's it's unfortunate because, like we said before, there's so many factors and emotional and psychological mm-hmm. things that are tied to diabetes because it's so close to uh, eating. Yeah. And, you know, those long-term effects that long-term damage that we we've mentioned can come form of like losing your eyesight Mm -hmm. or amputating your foot Mm -hmm. because of just the damage that it's causing. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to think about that. The emotional aspect of eating or, or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever an individual is dealing with Mm -hmm. overcomes the, like they would rather have their foot cut off, right? I mean, than I've have seen, to actually deal with it. I've seen people die, yeah, from diabetes. Mm-hmm. Young people, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that just, yeah. I, that it, it blows my mind. I know. There, I had a coworker in Orlando that was telling a story that his daughter passed. Um, when the, the at the time that he was telling me, she passed like a few weeks before. And, you know, I was, we were all consoling him and mm-hmm. he was just like, yeah, she just couldn't get her diabetes in line. Yeah. And she was young. She was like in her 20s, wasn't she? Yeah. Wasn't she like 28? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was like our age at the time, probably. Yeah. And it, it, it made me super grateful for you because not only are you positively working on yourself. Mm-hmm. As sometimes you are hard on yourself, just like I am hard on myself. Not only are you ensuring the best for your body, mm-hmm. the best that you could be at least, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's also affecting the way I live, like our lifestyle mm-hmm. when it comes to eating, mm-hmm. you know, don't get it wrong. Like diabetes, it's not like you can't have your desserts or... Yeah. I think a lot of people might be like, oh, you have diabetes? Mm-hmm. Here's a sugar-free Jello cup. Yeah. You don't look at it that way. Yeah. You're trying to live a whole life right. and not have it affect you, but also with the mindset of balance. Yeah. It's, it's definitely all about balance. 
And it's definitely about like the long game, Mm -hmm. you know, like when I was first diagnosed for that first maybe six months or so, like I was terrified to eat anything. Like Mm. I, I was so scared to like, um, you know, if I ordered a sandwich and it came with barbecue sauce and I didn't anticipate that, like I would almost have a mental breakdown (laughs) because I was just, I was so scared to eat anything. Yeah. Um, I feel like you think about it so much, so differently from everybody else. Yeah. Well, Most people will be like, no, I need it. Yeah. I don't know. That's so odd. It's. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think it's just I try to live and like balance it as normally as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if if I don't need to take the insulin or if I don't need as much, um, you know, that's a little more ideal. Like I try to keep my requirements and my needs as low as possible and try to balance out with exercise and Mm -hmm. a balanced like carbohydrate intake as much as possible. Um, you know, like we said, like, sure, if I'm at a wedding or a birthday, like I'm probably going to have a small piece of cake. Like Mm -hmm. maybe I won't, but I might. Yeah. Um, I've never really seen that affect you too much as far as like the food options. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing would just be more schedule is, is a little bit more rigid. Like that's what's important is making sure because you are having to do insulin yourself. Mm -hmm. I I think that's where it may be affecting, uh, different social situations. And like, if we're hanging out, right. It's like, if we're hanging out, depends on the time, if you can eat or not. Yeah. It, it gets tricky. Like, I have to catch myself because I can get frustrated Mm -hmm. uh, if, you know, we're going to, like, plan a dinner with friends and everything. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's do, like, 6.30. (laughs) 6.30, 7 o'clock, we're all going to get there. I'm going to have my meal. Yeah, because I'm thinking about the time and I'm thinking about, like, my insulin requirements. And if you eat later at night, like, that's going to throw off. Like, okay, I'm I'm eating late, so I'm probably going to have to require more because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about how that meal is going to be digested and metabolized overnight and what my yeah. morning blood sugars can be. So it, it sets off this whole tailspin in my brain. I'm um, yeah. thinking about like, okay. But <laughs> like, you're also, you're, you're, you don't want to be the center of the attention of, right. of like a social gathering. So sometimes if it doesn't go like according to, the plan of your insulin schedule yeah like it kind of simmers inside a little bit right it's like i don't want to be catered to sure but at the same time it's like oh dinner at 8 30 makes this like way more complicated now so i'll do it but i'm like uh (laughs) but i'm frustrated so it's managing that it's managing like again like my goal is i want to live life as normally as possible Mm -hmm. and that means that sometimes you eat dinner later than you yeah. would like, yeah. but you know, we're going to adjust and we're going to figure this out. And maybe that means I eat something different than I would if we were eating a couple hours earlier, or yeah. I take a little more insulin and try to adjust that. Yeah. Or, you know, if I did everything to the best of my ability and in the morning, my blood sugar is still higher than I would like it to be. It's mm-hmm. okay. Let's regroup. This is a new day. I'm starting out not how i would like but Mm. you know it's just we adjust it's so it's so crazy because nobody because you you handle it so well nobody understands like what you go through Mm -hmm. every single day and like i admire you so much because i get to see 
the really bad parts. Mm-hmm. Like I hate when like it's like two or three a.m. Mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your you your blood sugar just plummets mm-hmm. and you're just sweating mm-hmm. and then you're you know so your blood sugar is super low so now you gotta have to try to ingest something to mm-hmm. get your sugar back up but it takes a second for it to digest yeah so you're just in this waiting period of just a horrible feeling like i've been like i've worked out so hard before where it felt like my blood sugar was low yeah and like i, I threw up and everything like yeah. that feeling is horrible yeah it's not fun. and you deal with that constantly <laughs> yeah and it, it's really taught me i don't know it's it's funny because like Say Molly barks like that in the middle of a podcast, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like annoyed. <laughs> yeah, you see red for a second. <laughs> yeah, but then, like when either you wake me up or something like that because your 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 blood sugar is super low. It's weird. I immediately go into like service mode. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I do. don't even ask anymore because we've gotten to fights before. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us sorry that, but. I just get up, get like juice or something or like something to get you going. And then like, I don't know, I'll grab a like a piece of paper. Yeah, I'll grab a piece of paper and like fan you. Because it's just like, I can't imagine having to deal with this shit every single day. Yeah. It just drives, like it drives me crazy that I can't fix it. Yeah. And so I've gotten to a point where it's like, I see what's happening and I just respond to it. Yeah. It's just automatic now yeah and because in the past we have (laughs) had fights about this because i didn't just i just didn't know how to help you i know and then i was dealing with my own ego of like well i can't help her and she won't help me help her i mean it's and it's not to justify but like and i mean it was always so hard because i knew you were trying to help me (laughs) and i knew you just wanted to know what i wanted right so it would be how you could help me so explain that like kind of an example of what we would fight about yeah so like i we'd be like out say if we like went to the mall to go shopping and we're walking around and then all of a sudden i'm like shoot like my blood sugar is dropping i don't have like my glucose tabs on me or i forgot mm-hmm. a snack or whatever because i wasn't anticipating this yeah um so it's like i just i need to sit down and i need you to get me something yeah and you'd be like okay cool like what should i get you yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I just need you to get me something. Yeah. Like, well, do you want me to get you like a juice or a soda or do you want like a yeah. candy bar? I'm like, I don't know. Just get me a candy bar. Well, what kind? Right. So do you want I... like a Snickers? <laughs> oh my God. And I'm just like, at that point, like I don't have any control anymore because my brain is in survival mode. I'm like, I just need to get some freaking food now. Like, right. I don't care what it is. And so, of course, I'm not being very nice to you because I'm just like, just go get me well, something. Right. When you're and in- you're like offended now and I've upset you and I'm just like, yeah, it, well, it's I hard. mean, when your blood sugar is plummeting, yeah, your mind frame is just not there. No. And <laughs> I'm generally was, a nice person. <laughs> and I was trying to be like, OK, which thing is going to help you the most? Right. But what I didn't realize is when you're in that space, I need to just react yeah and go it doesn't matter if i gave you orange juice or if i gave you lemonade you just need right. some type of sugar it's like even if it's something i'll that give you I don't... pixie sticks it wouldn't matter right. right like even if like i wouldn't even if it's a, a a substance that i wouldn't normally choose to consume like mm-hmm. oh well you don't like 
Dr. Pepper, but that's what I brought you. Like in that moment, I don't care. Right. But it's hard for me to communicate that to mm -hmm. you while it's happening mm -hmm. because my brain isn't functioning correctly. Yeah. And it's like, all I know is that I need something. Yeah. But I'm having a hard time articulating to you that in this moment, I don't care what it is. Yeah. The goal is just to get it <laughs> right. back up. And if I'm bombarded with options, it's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know in my normal headspace that if I would just answer your questions, I, w I would get something. Mm -hmm. But I'm just frustrated because it's like, I don't want all of these options. Mm -hmm. I just need the thing that I need, right. but I'm not able to communicate. And, that and that's what you. I learned. I learned where it's just like, one, you have to be patient because like, if that was me, I would be the worst freaking person to deal with. <laughs> right. So luckily you're, you're pretty semi-controlled yeah. when it comes to like your frustrations, your frustrations are completely justified. I just, I learned that in those situations, you just got to grab something. Yeah. And like, it's funny you mentioned that mall story because I know exactly yeah. what we were talking there, about. <laughs> we were right by this thing. dollar store in the mall. So yeah. there's all these options. And she was sitting on the like the hall. At the, like a bench in the hallway. The, yeah. And we were like going back and forth rather than me actually just helping yeah. and fixing something. We were in the middle of there was a food court on one end mm -hmm. and the dollar store on the other. Yeah, so I'm it's like, like, well, should I get you a meal? Yeah. I'm like, so, well, no, I'm not hungry. <laughs> It got to a point where I would like we were both just pissed off. Yeah. And I was like, I went to the dollar store and just like, she's not even helping me figure out what, you know. Yeah. It's like, how stupid. Like, yeah. bro, like she's dealing with something right now and you need to be there. <laughs> That's how I see it now. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. what am I doing? Like, yeah. And like, I always, I, I try not to get to the point where like I'm snapping at you and just being mean. Mm -hmm. It's hard Mm -hmm. not to have that reaction because again like your body is freaking out yeah so like you do get very snappy and you get very short and you get frustrated very quickly so yeah. like i've had to go back and apologize a lot and like you know i'm really sorry like i didn't mean yeah to snap at you or i didn't mean to come across like mad at you but yeah <laughs> i didn't know how to like yeah. handle it in that moment so like i've had to apologize several and, times and that's I've, that's the whole part of learning how to deal with it together yeah and i think that in its small sense has really helped us in other parts of our marriage like when we're dealing with if we are frustrated with each other or in a fight we're not we kind of know how each other react already mm -hmm. so we're not trying to push each other's buttons or if we do say something it, it's like shouldn't have said that kind of yeah. thing but like we try not to let it control what we're trying to do is actually fix it. Yeah. Like we might respond emotionally or, or right. frustrated, but it's it's getting us into a mindset of, okay, that first part was a little bit uncalled for or whatever. Yeah. That's, we need to address that. But right. then also, but we need to move past that yeah. and actually try to fix it. Yeah, and I think it's also just recognizing like what the true intent mm -hmm. was. It's like I'm not yelling at you because I want to. It's like I'm just like in the diabetes situation specifically. I'm just mm -hmm. reacting this way because like I don't feel good. Yeah. And then you're just frustrated because I'm not communicating. Yeah. So it's like just finding like the intent and finding like what is like happening. Yeah. Um, and just having space for understanding. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, for future... 
this is something that you're going to be dealing with forever that we're going to be navigating together yeah you know we'll get better but like we said and this thing keeps changing mm-hmm. um it's not easy i like i said i admire you so much in the way you your outlook on it and i don't know how do you feel about the future when it comes to living with diabetes yeah um i mean i think I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think, like, myself, like, you know, I think I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> have the, a good amount of paranoia um, and, like, just, like, a type A personality of, like, I know I'm going to take care of myself mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything within my control to make sure that, you know, I age with this gracefully Mm -hmm. and figure it out and like thankfully i have an educational background that like supports Mm -hmm. knowledge and i understand how to take care of myself right in in this and i understand my disease well enough yeah um perspective too i mean it's like we we both understand that like could be worse oh 100 percent. and that's I never want to take away someone's experience because like what you're dealing with is super tough. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, in the whole family of autoimmune diseases. Yeah. I mean, that's at at least this one. You have a somewhat control of what you could do with it where other others might not be able to. Right. And, you know, I honestly I'm thankful for that every day because Mm -hmm. I see other people in my family um, and things that like you know, my sister that she has to deal with, with a disease that she has. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's finding her normal. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I thank God every day that, you know, I, I can at least somewhat like mediate my experience with what I have. Like, you know, I, I could have gotten something much worse, whether it was a different autoimmune disease or like, you know, I, I didn't, I don't have cancer or I don't have these other things that are completely outside of my control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it can always be worse. So even though, you know, what I have sucks mm-hmm. and some days aren't easy for me mm-hmm. and I have my bad days and I have sometimes a bad week or a bad month, but eventually I'm able to get a grip on and yeah. bring it back around and like, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, have those, I have a lot of frustrating moments, but yeah, and have those moments. Yeah, and it like you. Everybody is justified to have that moment when they're frustrated yeah. and all that. It it's the it's just so I'm so grateful that I can live with someone who can have those moments. Mm-hmm. But then, because it's so easy to be bitter, I yeah. I tend to have a bitter personality sometimes, yeah. or pessimistic. Yeah. But I'm glad that we can get out of it because the point of our life is really not to be bitter, mm-hmm. even though it's so easy to. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And I think like, you know, have those moments because like, you know, I have my moments where like I have to allow myself to grieve that I don't have this quote unquote normal life. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's OK for me to be upset that. You know, I'm taking five or six injections in a day sometimes on a bad day. And, like, 
that sucks. Right. And it's okay to be upset about that. It's okay to mourn. Like, you know, because I know what my normal, what normal, quote unquote normal used to be because I was diagnosed at 20. Mm -hmm. So I remember what it was like to to go to a friend's birthday party and be able to eat pizza and cake and have a soda and like not think about it and just have that, that carefree, like space of not having to think every minute of every day on what I'm going to eat and plan this out. Like it's okay to mourn that. Yeah. But it's also, you know, recognizing that, you know, well, I did have 20 good years of (laughs) that carefree bliss or whatever. And now, like, my life is just a little bit different and it can be exhausting. But, you know, you keep going and you just keep moving forward and figuring out, like, I'm still fine. Mm -hmm. I still have my health. I still have a lot of things that I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful that it isn't any worse. Yeah. I love hearing you talk about it because... (laughs) When I see you in your frustrated modes, I almost want to play <laughs> that section that you just did. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like everybody's, we're, we're not immune. Like us talking like, you need to just keep going with it. It's, it can sound like we got it figured out. Yeah. And I don't ever want it to sound like that. When, no. Just because we're recording on a podcast, you saying such powerful things of, being able to learn to live with it and mm-hmm. having moments, but also at the same time moving forward. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't mean you feel like that every single day. No, not at all. <laughs> if, if anything, it's more like you're saying it so 50, you can... It's 50-50. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I need to hear it also. You know, I yeah. I need to hear, like, it's okay to have a bad day. Yeah. Or a bad month. Yeah. Or a bad, you know, whatever. Um, but then this is for me personally, you know, I have to make the choice of this isn't going to change. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go away. I can't make my immune system undo the damage that it did. Like I, the only thing I can do now is just be on that daily navigation of how do I do this the best that I can? Yeah. And how do I just figure out how to be okay moving forward because life goes on. Yeah. And I got to figure out how to live like my best life with this and it's just yeah. you know it's just another curveball that got thrown at me and i'm like okay nice. <laughs> let's let's figure this out i like it so i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna challenge you Uh-oh. to have a little bit of an act of courage okay because i have a the final quote that we want to close out with mm-hmm. but instead of me reading it i would love for you to do it and okay. then close out the show uh-oh you know how to do it. It's okay do if you I? mess up. There's no pressure. Which one? So we have a quote uh, for you here that we oh. saw and we really liked. Um, do you want to explain a little bit how you feel about it when you when you see it? It's kind of like what you just mentioned, right? Yeah. Um, so the quote is, life is tough, but so are you. Um, and yeah, I just, I think that's kind of applicable just to everything that, you know, the last couple of minutes of what we were talking about is, you know, life you never know what life is going to throw at you. It's going to be one curveball or another, but it's, you know, you just figure out how to keep going. You find your support system. You find the people that are going to, like, stick with you and mm-hmm. help you through whatever it is, and you just, you figure out what it means to you to keep moving forward and yeah. despite everything. And Nice. Yeah. So since I now have the job of closing this out, you're doing great. Um, 
I would just say that this has been another episode of Kitchen Table Convos, and we're glad that y'all are listening and hanging in there with us as we tell our random life stories. And you always ask me if I have any final words. Ooh, okay. So I get to ask you if you have any final words. Final words. Stay tough. <laughs> Stay tough. You're tough. Hang and, in there. And you got this. So, yeah. Um... This has been an episode of Kitchen Table Convos. Uh, it's probably on Spotify, Apple, Anchor. Listen to it. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Nice. You did good. <laughs>